You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome in Judd's Hockey Show, uh, a one-timer impromptu edition. We ordinarily do this on Friday, but it's Olga and Declan Goff because, well, just because last night, which would have been Tuesday night, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, the Wild lose 7-3. In the house that Sidney Crosby built to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh's a good team. The Wild is a struggling team. But Declan, let's start off with the um, with the issue before the game, and I mean right before faceoff, where in fact you told me in the morning on Tuesday that uh, Ryan Donato was going to be scratched, and so I'm driving home before the game and I'm listening, and they're like the on ice officials are at the Wild bench talking to Boudreaux, and now Greg Patterson is going up the tunnel and he can't play. Bruce, poor Bruce, got the lineup card wrong. So Patteron was listed, was not on the card. Donato, who was, I think, had just eaten a cheeseburger and was yep. on the exercise bike, was on the card. Long story short, Wild start the night with five defensemen instead of six because of a lineup card error from the coach. Yeah, big snafu there for Mr. Bruce Boudreaux. And look, I've given Boudreaux the benefit of the doubt a lot this season, but this one's a little bit inexcusable. And, and yeah, he ate I don't it. Disagree. He ate it. Yeah, he, oh, he, totally he understood did. that I, he made a crucial mistake. And I guess what I've learned too is um, seeing some tweets about it afterwards is that this actually happens a lot more. But typically for the home arena, they'll kind of like secretly work with like, "Hey, well, if this was at the X, your card screwed they would, up. Your card screwed up. Like, yeah. you know, you got to got to fix it." Yep. And instead, because you're on the road, well, you're not. They're not going to tell the opposing team what's going on there. So th- that was it. Was a big. Big mess up, and then a catastrophic, horrible game in Pittsburgh. And poor Ryan Donato. I mean, eating the burger. That, that's my worst nightmare is, is waking up he after. He played seven shifts and didn't get, because he was an extra forward, he didn't get into the end of the second period, Correct. right? Like 253. And it probably something. wouldn't have been as big of a deal if you had six D line, six blue liners sure. and one short forward. I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. But right. when you're, you're down a defenseman against a high-scoring team like Pittsburgh, yeah, buckle up, baby. But we can't allow Bruce's mistake to cover up for how bad the team actually looked, too, uh, because that, to me, w- was the key. Pittsburgh scored at least two goals that, and I tweeted this after the first goal that was like this, and I think it was the second goal of the game by them, I think. It looked like the Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals. Oh, yeah, it's good enough. The Wild looked like the, 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 like they were paid to look bad. Yeah. Pittsburgh was tic-tac-toeing passes. And it's like, are they going to score? Oh, absolutely, they're going to score. So Bruce screwed up. Bruce owned it. Good for Bruce. It shouldn't happen. Blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless, the headline really was, in a lot of ways, Wild looks pathetic. And Pittsburgh's good. They ain't that good. Uh, it did interest me that they uh, that Pittsburgh scored seven goals and Dumnik ate the entire thing. They didn't bring in Staylock. But I, I believe it was Marcus Foligno postgame who called it the low point. It might be. I don't know. I don't know what the low point is. But I think we are finding out that this, too often at least, is just them. It's going to be them. 
hockey, I don't know what else and a little, you know, it's, hockey can be a random sport, of course, but for right now with where the Wild were, and I think some of us, including myself, um, got teased and bit by the apple when they went on a run in November, from November 1st to January 1st where they looked very good, scoring a lot of goals, young players stepping up, and veterans supplementing that. And then everything came crashing down to earth. I, I kind of figured that, yeah, there would be regression. Sure, there'd be regression to the mean, but I did not think it would be this bad. I didn't think they'd look so bad like they were in the first 10 games of the season. And once again, we're now riding that roller coaster wave down to where they were in the first month where they were one of the worst teams in hockey. And, and once again, they're just falling backwards in, in the playoff race. Tell me about what, what you found this morning in doing your research for the one-timer. Trade rumors and speculation, because on our show that we taped on Tuesday, we talked about the potential of Jonas Brodin being traded and the fact that he would be a potentially really good trade chip in a trade with, let's say, Toronto or the Winnipeg Jets. But you told me that Brodin and Moore is being brought up in uh, the last 48 hours. Yeah, a couple notes here, uh, starting with uh, Sportsnet. And uh, I believe this was... Roy Boylan of, of Sportsnet, and he had a note on Jason Zucker, who was nearly traded, obviously, to Calgary and Pittsburgh in the, just the last 365 days. Uh, he noted that Zucker is, again, a candidate to be moved and possibly even to the Pittsburgh Penguins, still as they deal with the loss of Jake Gensel, who, who was injured. Uh, Zucker, who has 12 goals and 24 points, his scoring pace is rivaling his career best, his shooting percentages through the roof. We've talked about this before. This is not sustainable from Jason Zucker, and someone's going to also, again, bite the apple and, and get a little bit... Uh, uh, Screwed here. Yep. Zucker has another three years left in his contract. He does have a partial no trade limit. So that was the first note. And then following up on that, Michael Russo of The Athletic also noted that there is significant interest from the Penguins in Jason Zucker. Um, and he also noted in his story, it was interesting that Chris Keller, uh, the Wilds director of pro scouting, suddenly showed up Tuesday night to sit at the right hand of Bill Guerin. So that's Zucker. That's All the right. latest on Jason Zucker. Okay, your thoughts there, because on Judd's Hockey Show on Tuesday, you said that you would not trade Zucker until July, um, and I agreed with you, but if you can get a haul for him right now, I'll trade him. I, I thought what you were saying was that they probably couldn't maximize his value at the deadline or, or as that approaches, and if you can't, I'm not going to just give him away, mm -hmm. but if we're talking about Pittsburgh coming to you and saying, hey, I will give you something nice, I'm certainly going to listen, and I'm not I'm not going to trade him because I don't want to trade him. I do. I just want it to be the right deal that maximizes that value. And the one point that you brought up that I really like is if the shooting percentage is off the charts and teams bite on that, God bless them. Let them bite. Exactly. And, yeah, I, I just think you can get more. You can still get more in the summer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe teams are still looking at him saying, all right, he's healthy, he's back. We, we know he was the player he was in the first three months of the season. And we, we're interested. We want that speed. We want that player. Right. If if they want to give a haul, go for it. I, I just think that as the season progresses on, that you'd probably get more for him on July 1st or on draft day, I should say, than, than you would uh, by, by the deadline. Uh, may, maybe I'm wrong. People are lining up for him again, including Pittsburgh. That wouldn't shock me at all. Pittsburgh, they lost Gensel. Uh, Galchenyuk's not playing very well. It makes some sense. So I, I could see like Pittsburgh. And if that's what they want to give up, I, I'm interested. I'm totally interested in that. All right, trade rumor number two involving the Minnesota Wild. And this one uh, is a guy who we touched on on our last podcast we did earlier this week as well on Jonas Brodin. Um, and this is also, again, from Marcus Polino, one team that is very interested in Brodin. Sources say is the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. A very fast team that has a lot of offense that also could use a little blue line help. I like this. The Hurricanes have 17, 17 draft picks in the next two years, Whoa. including two 
first-rounders this June alone. So they have a surplus of first-round picks. I, I'm not sure which ones those are. Obviously, one of them will probably be a bottom 10 because they probably project to be one of the better teams by the end of the season. Sure. Uh, so but They have somebody else's first-round draft. They have Toronto's first-round pick. So if the season ended today, they would have the 21st and 23rd overall pick. So, But, but here's the nice thing. If I'm Bill Guerin, I'm pitting the Jets, the Maple Leafs, and now the Hurricanes mm-hmm. against each other in my phone calls. Correct. Correct. Because this is a valuable defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, I'm telling you, if I can get Brodeen for a playoff, I'm so happy if I'm those teams. So that's perfect. The more teams that need help on the blue line, the better. Exactly. I love this. Brother Liam called me uh, last night during the wild game and said, Carolina he, Hurricane. Uh, Rally Native. Yeah, okay. yeah Rally Native. Down Fan or no? He doesn't mind them. I think he actually, he doesn't mind the team. He hates the fan base, I think is what okay. it is. All right. He doesn't mind the team. He hates so, the fan base. Brother Liam said what? He believes that Jonas Brodeen is not as all cracked up as it to be from from a, a league-wide. He doesn't think he's as valuable as people think he is. And from what everything we've talked to, we talked to Louie. We've also, I've had my sources. We just brought this up last podcast. Yeah, we only talk about I, 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 I have the scoops here. I have some scoops. And teams are definitely interested in Jonas Brodeen. And it's not, my point is with trading Brodeen, it's not even the haul you're getting back. You're not going to be able to afford his next contract. Sure. And I don't want to go in this time next year as him as a rental because then his value is going to be even lower in my opinion. I think the fan, I think the outside fan perception of Brodeen is not extremely high because he's not a sexy player. I think the in-league perception of executives is very high because he does a lot of things that a lot of guys don't do. Yes. So I would say that if I'm a team, I'd love him. Now, is he going to go to Toronto or Winnipeg or Carolina and score a ton of goals or get a ton of assists? Absolutely not. But is he going to give you a steadying influence on your second or third pair if you're a really good team? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. So Carolina, bring them on. Yeah, I, I would that one. I, I would be very intrigued by that. So basically, if Carolina has two draft picks, they would. It's obviously their own pick that they have to control, and they have Toronto's pick. I believe that was from the Marlowe deal when they basically Toronto gave up their first round pick so they could buy him out. Capitally. So wherever Toronto finishes, that will be Carolina's second first round pick. Okay. And they probably ban- they'll very likely probably be very close to one another. And name three. You, you said Marcus Felino. Marcus Felino. This is this is intriguing too. This is interesting. Because Felino's obviously having a career season, and yes, his value probably is never going to be higher. But do you, uh, what, what what do you really get back for? Him, I think great, is what I'm I think, more curious about. Bro- I'm totally with Brodine and Zucker, and even Stahl, you can get something back, right? I I mean, yes, Felino probably is is, is he's maximizes value. But I don't look at it from, again, kind of to use my brother's example, I don't think people are looking at him like, oh, God, I'm going to give a haul up for him. They probably look at him like a nice player and he can compliment, he can be complimentary. Yes. But there, there isn't a haul that's around with Mike Spolino. He's given you now, for the most part, the past two years, really, really solid play. And he's gotten hot. I mean, he's been hot of late. That's going to go away. He's going to cool off. But he gives you a, a leader. He gives you a really, really nice third or fourth line left wing. Um but I'm if you're saying, you know, if you're going to give me a draft pick, I like a third round pick, I ain't going to do that deal. I'm with you. I I would unless somebody shocked me, shocked me with an offer. I'm not looking to trade him because I think he's a really good core type of guy for the long term, possibly. Correct. And he's not a guy that I he's just he's so good in the room and and he does a lot of things. And I think you're right. I think someone's going to say we'll give you a third round pick and i'm going to say no yeah i don't want that i'd so rather anyway, just ride that out so those are the three th- yeah, rumors three names and, and hey this is what happens when you know you're 
when you start to when you start to down go on a downward spiral in January, which is swoon season for the Wild. By the way, this is like what's the year six and a sixth consecutive year where absolutely. the Wild are are just absolutely hitting the skids here in January. So th- that's what happens. It, it happens all the time. Last thing, I believe it was two seasons ago, Declan Goff, when we went through an entire NHL season with zero coaches being fired. Zero. I don't get this one. I don't know if this, this one, is the most puzzling one. I don't know if this one's considered shocking. I was really I at first I was like you told me I was like, what? Gerard Gallant today fired by the Vegas Golden Knights, who are who are technically tied in points for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. They're barely out of the top three. They are technically now because of games in hand. A couple, or they are technically not in a playoff spot now, but that's going to change a thousand times. Gerard Gallant, long story short, has been fired, and by my count, that is now seven coaches out. Now, here's the incredible thing, and by the way, seven coaches out during this season, during since opening night. John Hines, who was fired by the Devils, and I believe it was last week, replaced Peter Laviolette as the Nashville coach. Peter DeBoer, who was fired earlier this season by the Sharks, has now been hired as the Golden Knights coach. Seven of them. I don't even know where to start. This is crazy. And two guys who have now been fired and gotten jobs almost immediately. This this one just puzzles me the and most. Gerard Gallant, my guess, gets a job somewhere before this year's done. He could, and it wouldn't be shocking at all if he gets the Seattle job. He's going to have both expansion teams. It wouldn't wouldn't be surprising at all. I think that this one's the most surprising. And, he, and look, Gallant is not deserving to be fired. I think Vegas really effed this up. Um, I know that uh, Vegas is on a little bit of a slide, but their offense is still legit. Their goaltending is still very good. They've underperformed to a degree. I'll give you that. Well, they have, yes. But they're still well in the race to get the Pacific. They could still take the Pacific by all means. They can. They're not out of the Pacific. They've they're, been not, on... they're not out of a no, one or right. two seed in the West. You're right. And it's so hockey to be like, all right, well, here we go. And I'm sure with and Peter DeBoer. Are you going to replace him with Peter DeBoer? But is this because you see Nashville like start to play a little bit better? Yeah, I, I, what, it's a league thing. I don't. I, what it, are you doing? I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, to be honest, Vegas is my team to win the cup. Seven. I still think they can win the cup. A move like this, I, I kind of hope you now fail. I don't even want you to make the playoffs anymore. Okay, so what makes sense so far? Toronto made sense. That was a good change. Yes, that Babcock sense. clearly was a bad guy. Bad dude. They go to a younger coach. He has done a very nice job. The Calgary one. Bill Peters went sideways again. Bad. Yep. bad guy replaced. Totally makes sense. Jim Montgomery personal problems in Dallas, so that was not a that was not yeah. performance. He got, but he gets let go. So you do have some coaching moves made because of personality and or background issues. But yeah, this one Gerard Gallant really, and and again Peter DeBoer, who now is on what is this his third time around? Because yeah. I think he he was New Jersey, he was San Jose, now he's you couldn't get it done with the Sharks, man. He's not. I don't. He's stepping into a very good situation, and I'm. Sh- and that's the problem. That's what I'm going to hate is they're going to go on a run, and it's all oh, it's all DeBoer. DeBoer came in and changed the locker room. Like BS, man. That 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 is so whack to me. I can't stand it. Are we done? Very frustrating. I think so. I, I, or I'm going to I'm going to break something. I don't want I don't want. Don't that break anything. Don't break our equipment. Okay. I'm not going to break it's your equipment. Very expensive. Um, Wild have a couple games coming up here. So at the end, Tampa. What? Eleven to twelve at home now. 11-12 at home, including seven consecutive, right? Yes, I believe that starting, is correct. Starting uh, Thursday against Tampa, and then they have Dallas on what should be a snowy Saturday night. So it should be perfect for them to get our hopes back up in these 11-12, right? Judd's Hockey Show is done. Fast shoot score.